two marks, get set. AM 1600, abq.fm. Yes, it's Saturday, and we have Dr. Summers. Today is not a call-in show, so save your calls for next weekend, next Saturday. It's a pre-recorded show, and here we are with Dr. Summers again. giving. Yes, us- good afternoon, Eric. A happy Saturday. Happy, happy Saturday. S- Thank you. Happy Saturday to you, sir. Welcome. 15th of January, or the Ides of January. The Ides of January. When we have celebrated Rush Limbaugh's birthday this last week, and uh, it's it's been a great week. And we've got, well, the show is loaded for bear today. You are loaded up. Yeah, we're going to plug Albuquerque Neuroscience and some great research over there and Get into some health hacks with uh, Tinea versicola. And also I'm going to talk about pertussis, whooping cough, the 100-day cough disease. Really bad stuff, and uh, that's that's good for the health hacks. And then we got, of course, the COVID-19 update. And a little op-ed done by Dr. Jane Orient from Tucson and the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. I want to comment on that. Beautiful piece of work by Dr. Orient. And then finally back to some health hacks and talk about what is good bread for a diabetic. And finally, we'll do some miscellaneous stuff, uh, Eric. Uh, The gift of the badger, you know, (laughs) not the magi, the badger. And then... Talk about crockpot mistakes. Uh, it's crockpot season. And finally, we, if we have time, we'll touch on some bad science from the NIH, which stands for Not Invented Here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we start off with some quotes and thoughts. Yeah, and, and I want to repeat one because I want people to have this in their minds. Uh, and I think Joseph Stalin, uh, you know, sort of uh, stated the position of the Democratic Party. And if you want to quote, or I'll do it. If you control a person's health, you control the person. Again, if you control the person's health, you control the person. Wisdom from Joseph Stalin. Oh, gee, thanks. Let's do another one from, uh, you know, Comrade Stalin. Socialized medicine is the cornerstone of communism. That is true. And socialism is just an intermediate step to communism. And what is the Democrat Party talking about? The wonders of socialism. No, the horrors of socialism. (laughs) Horrors, he says. Yes, but I want to... You know, get back to some wisdom from Mark Twain. And I want to go over this slowly and repeatedly because Mark Twain said it's easier to lie to a person than to convince the very same person that he has been lied to. Let me repeat that. It's easier to convince a person of a lie than to convince the very same person that they have been lied to. And in that regard, I point a finger in the direction of the congenital Democrats in the state of New Mexico. They have been lied to for decades 
but try to uh, inform them that they've been lied to, oftentimes you get anger back instead of a discussion and reason. At least that's what I've found. Oh, yeah, I've gotten lots of anger back myself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a difficult problem. There, there must be a way of, um, you know, s- saying to people, look, you've been lied to in a gentle way that they will listen to. Right, I mean, I find out whenever they're mad at me, that starts my blood pumping and then next thing i know i'm trembling and don't know what to say and might say the wrong thing but yeah well you have to say something Uh, and in these troubled times i always want everybody in the audience and incidentally uh, we're glad you're with us today but in these troubled times remember fear is a reaction courage is a decision choose to have courage in these troubled times And, Eric, the purpose of this show is? purpose of this show is to educate and empower you, the listener. That's exactly right. Whenever we can, we're going to try to come up with solutions where you just go and purchase whatever we're talking about. You don't need to own a prescription pad to do it. All right. And on on that note, we we want to remind you where to get your memory revitalizer. It's at the local stores, the Share and Care Pharmacy in Berlin. Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, The Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Ruidoso. Also, Addison Pharmacy in Fort Sumner. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. We just shipped some product out to Addison Drug uh, this last week, so they're still with us. But wanted to use three words and see if it rings true to you, Eric. All right. Vision, integrity, and results. Memory revitalizer. Those three words are a good preamble to the word memory revitalizer all right again that's vision 36 components and and we keep discovering new things that they do i should get back to uh, putting that in the show some of these components and how they ended up getting there and what we've learned about it since i put together the formulation in the 90s and besides vision we have integrity we've you know, any number of times been challenged to try to change the price or the components, but we haven't. We've kept integrity. Results, yes, absolutely. And we've done two blinded studies proving what we say is true. It helps memory. And it also helps a bunch of other stuff. But at any rate, hey, can we plug Albuquerque Neuroscience? It's my little research Oh, great. Yeah, great idea. Go ahead. Yeah, they have uh, two studies over there that I think we need to mention to the audience today. And the first is a study of depression. They're looking for people between the age of 18 and 75 with moderate to severe depression. And they're testing a really quite active, brand-new class of antidepressant versus placebo. Uh, It's pretty exciting stuff. And if you want to help science, uh, you have to have had the depression for between six months to a year. And, uh, you know, if you're on other treatments, why the uh, protocols work with those treatments that you may be on. And uh, the second set of studies, and there are actually two different ones, for folks with memory difficulties between the age of 
50 and 87, who've had poor memory for greater than six months and think they may possibly have Alzheimer's. And I've reviewed these protocols personally, and I endorse them. And I haven't endorsed any of the big pharma approaches to uh, Alzheimer's uh, in the past 40 years until these last two that are now part of the Albuquerque Neuroscience lineup. And these two different studies, uh, you need a caregiver or a loved one to help you get to appointments. And there is a little bit of reimbursement, but you're not going to get rich on it. It's just reimbursing expenses, more or less. And between the age of 50 and 87, poor memory for six months, and you're concerned about Alzheimer's, they do a bunch of tests that will help you confirm the diagnosis, if, if it is or if it isn't. The telephone number over there at Albuquerque Neuroscience is 505-848-3773. And again, they're looking for depressed folks and some folks with some memory issues between 50 and 87. Well, was that a good plug? Did I get the points across? That was great. It sounds like, <laughs> a, sounds like a lot of our friends on the other side of the aisle might be in need of those need of those services. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Those are practical uh, type of research things that help the people that participate. Anyway, let's let's do some health hacks, right? Well, that sounds good. Yeah, let's talk about tinea versicolor, also known as pityriasis versicolor. Now, it turns out that it is a fungal skin infection, and it's really just discoloration of the skin that is in little patches. It can occur on the face or the neck or the chest or the abdomen or, frankly, anywhere on the body. And sometimes there's a little itching around the uh, edges of the affected skin that's slightly discolored or depigmentized. And it's caused by actually a fungus among us. Um, you know, the two you know, funguses most commonly associated with this is Melissa zera globiosa and Melissa zera furfur. And uh, these are responsible for the vast majority of the pityriasis versicola. Now, pityriasis was in the history of medicine first described back in 1846, only about uh, 20 years after science in general recognized that, uh, you know, uh, funguses are their own separate life form. And the treatments for it are pretty darned effective. Uh, we use a topical antifungal medicine. Sometimes we use uh, selenium, uh, which is actually a component of revitalizer, I might add. Sometimes we use a uh, shampoo, such as ketoconazole, uh, which can also be used as a uh, local antifungal application. It's usually applied to dry skin and washed off after about 10 minutes, and you repeat that uh, daily for about two weeks. Another approach is to take fluconazole, which is called Diflucan, that's the brand name, and that's 150 to 300 uh, milligrams a week. And you take a once a week dose for two to four weeks and shazam, your <laughs> versicola is gone. Sounds good. Are those uh, over the counter? No, no, those are prescription. Okay. There are some over the counter things and there's some cosmetics people sometimes choose to just kind of 
you know, uh, color of the skin, not realizing it's actually caused by a treatable fungus. Well, I want to chat about another thing, go in a slightly different direction. All right, let's do that. And this is pertussis vaccine. All right, now everybody thinks pertussis or whooping cough or, you know, what is sometimes called the 100-day cough. 100-day cough, that's an important thing, uh, three-month cough. I hadn't heard that one. Uh, that's an old-time uh, phrase for it. But, you know, whooping cough seems to have largely disappeared because uh, little babies uh, at two, four, and six months routinely get a uh, diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, uh, and also measles uh, vaccine. And so it sort of disappeared among kids. And we thought for a while we had totally killed that sucker off and it has made it as rare as the plague. But the truth is it's making a comeback. And I think it's important for our listeners to know that. Uh, I like that phrase, the 100-day cough, because the initial symptoms of pertussis or whooping cough are just the same as the common cold or, you know, for that matter, the new COVID strain, the oh my God strain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to scare you with that oh my God strain. That's not working. I'm not scared, doctor. I'm not scared one bit. <laughs> okay. Well, it starts off with a runny nose, a little bit of a fever, and a little mild cough. And you think, ah, this is just a little passing thing, and you don't pay much attention to it. And then it really gets a grip, and over the next uh, 100 days, the coughing fits become severe. How severe? Well, so severe that you vomit. Wow, I've never... Gotten... So severe that you break ribs. That's how violent the coughing is. And so severe, you become so fatigued, you just go to bed for that 100-day thing. And we really don't have good treatments for that cough. I mean, uh, I've used some codeine with some fair uh, help. But the average cough thing, Robitussin really is almost helpless against this type of cough. Now, the reason it's called a whooping cough is because you have a fit of coughing, and it'll be followed by a deep, high-pitched whoop sound at the end of the cough or a gra gasp as you try to breathe in because you've coughed so hard you've expelled most of the air from your lungs and now you have to you know and you hear a whoop when you try to bring air back into the lungs but the violence of this cough is outrageous and people forget about it because it's sort of disappeared, but it's creeping back into society, and it's creeping back in from the grand folks. Now, that sounds scary. That sounds more scary than the oh-my-God virus. Yeah, it is truly more scary. And the thing is, is that the vaccine that you take, the DTaP, uh, in early childhood, it only lasts for about 15 to 20 years, and then you're subject to getting whooping cough again. Adults so can that, get it too. Yeah, huh? adults get it, and it is a really pretty bad disease, but they can get it in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. Is it as and severe as when they're, it when is they're as It is as severe in adults, and it's, it's debilitating. Uh, so the best thing to do is trip on over to your general practitioner and ask for a Tdap, T-D-A-P, Tdap vaccine. Now, 
You know, some people think I'm against vaccines. No, I'm selective. This We're, is one, if you are, if you haven't in the past 15 years been vaccinated against pertussis, you ought to do that. That's a good idea. Yeah, we are not anti-vaccine here in the Kiva. No, no, you we're selective. And the Tdap uh, is against tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. That's the P. And, uh, you know, that will keep you from this horrific uh, disease that is floating back through the community. Now, how you make the diagnosis is a nasopharyngeal swab of the same type used for COVID. Whether it cross-reacts with the COVID testing, I don't know. I mean, we've, the CDC has finally admitted that all this nasal swabbing stuff isn't that darn accurate. That right. They really don't delineate between the standard influenza, respiratory syncytial virus, or <laughs> the uh, COVID. Uh, not all that well. But uh, you can also do a polymerase chain reaction, a direct uh, fluorescent antibody and serological testing, that's blood testing, to see if uh, one has a uh, whooping cough. But the best thing to do is go to your GP and ask for that Tdap uh, vaccine against it because, frankly, folks, you don't want this illness. It really is, is bad news. And... You are the reservoir that infects the kids that didn't get vaccinated. And there are some folks, especially these uh, folks coming across the border, who haven't had their vaccinations and who are subject to getting this and who are, for that matter, a uh, vector, a reservoir, if you will, of uh, these types of illnesses. You heard of any cases locally of that? I haven't run across one in a couple of years now, but uh, with the borders being as porous as they are, I expect we're going to start seeing that sort of thing. And, of course, uh, as they bring that across the border, those folks who haven't been vaccinated against pertussis in the past 15 years, you're subject to getting this disease. So look into it, please. All right, doctor, how about a COVID-19 update? Always. we got to, you know, I get so tired of the COVID stuff. It's been, what, three years now? It's going on three years almost. Yeah, yeah it, I think it, we're all getting three, kind of Three years of since the, uh, the two weeks to uh, shut down the economy, or oh what gosh. was it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Flatten, flatten the economy, flatten the curve, something yeah, right. like that. Something was going to get flat in two weeks, and it's been three years now. It's, it's astonishing. Well, I think the first thing I want to announce there is that the uh, dread Marxist, Luhan Grisham, this week was uh, labeled as the 50th of all governors in the United States. And that was the assessment by the Laffler ALEC report on economic freedom. They graded all 50 governors, and most of that has to do with their restrictions to the COVID. And Luhan Grisham ranked worse. Uh, it's just one more feather in our cap. We right, just are yeah, worse than everything imaginable. I think a lot of our listeners probably are not surprised at that statistic. How did they know that she was trying for that accolade? <laughs> oh, I don't think she even has to try. <laughs> She's so Things. good at these things. Oh, my gosh. I want to repeat the warning that uh, everybody used to think that the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine, which was developed more traditionally, 
is the safest? Well, we've now discovered it also is uh, related to side effects of blood clots, low blood platelet levels, and uh, what's called uh, thrombotic thrombocytopenia syndrome. And uh, it's contraindicated uh, for anybody who has any problems with clotting disorders. So it's, uh, frankly, equally as bad as the uh, Pfizer one and uh, the other one. Whatever made people think that the Johnson & Johnson was any safer than the others? Well, because it wasn't a genetic modification. It was uh, more traditionally uh, developed the way the influenza uh, vaccine is. I see. To, to actual antibodies, but it's still to the spike protein, which, of course, leads to these problems. Now, there are two new drugs coming on the market that the FDA is racing through their hallways uh, for reasons I don't quite understand. The first one is uh, from Merck, and that is Molnupavar, Molnupavar. Uh, we'll just call that one Mercamectin. And the other one is from Pfizer called Paxlovid. And that we'll just call Pfizer-Mectin, and both of them are imitations of Ivermectin. Mm. It's just, as far as I can tell, it'll cost between five and $700 a treatment with your Merck-Mectin or your Pfizer-Mectin, whereas Ivermectin, it's around 20 bucks. They're paying for a brand name, it looks like. Well, they've actually retooled the molecule. The Pfizer-Mectin actually has three fluorides attached in one little area. And if you know much about pharmacology, when you add the fluoride, you have made that drug super active, like Prozac, for example, has fluorides attached in the molecule. But you also have increased the likelihood of side effects from these things. And what could be some of those side effects? Uh, <laughs> you know, it could be everything from the clotting problems to a whole host of problems I can't even think about at this point. But what we're noticing is that Merck has already started their marketing campaign. They've sent me a notice that it's going to be available at the local neighborhood Walgreens. Oh, great. And uh, the supplies, and this is being paid for by your tax dollars. Uh, but they call it an experimental antiviral drug uh, that is given as an oral pill that interferes with how viruses are copied and how they copy their genetic material. What could possibly go wrong if you mess around with the RNA mechanism in your body? I mean, and uh, the propaganda from Merck is there's no evidence ivermectin is effective against COVID-19, they say. In actual fact, there's 65 peer-reviewed studies very positive towards the use of ivermectin some of them with huge numbers. I mean, the uh, the Indian experience, for example, is they almost eliminated COVID, and that was the uh, Delta variant, which was actually one of the voice varieties, and uh -huh. they did it with ivermectin. And uh, they go on to say, Merck goes on to say, they have a large study showing no benefit compared to placebo. Well, that's just another flawed study <laughs> that they... Uh, actually rigged a bit. They then go on to say, well, ivermectin is anti-parasitic drug. I'm going to tell you that the mercamectin would be just as good at getting rid of parasites. Okay. It's the mechanism of action that's important. 
And then they go on and uh, smugly say the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, them bureaucrats over there, friends of Fauci, have warned against self-administering ivermectin for COVID-19. Now, I myself, um, you know, keep saying to folks that the uh, Oh My God variety that's running around, yeah, yeah, that's God's vaccine. <laughs> right, yeah, that you rings know, in my head all week. Yeah, I mean, it's God's vaccine because uh, it's highly infectious, so you're likely to get it, and it won't kill you. So, and it has no side effects. Right. <laughs> and the fact that you now have as good an immunity, according to the Israelis, after you uh, catch your, uh, your Oh My God variety, uh, even to the wild type, the original Wuhan, uh, when you get the Oh My God variant, it actually inoculates you against the uh, Wuhan. Remarkable. And uh, the Israelis very clever. I, I like science coming out of Israel because, frankly, I trust it. Whereas a lot of the science I'm seeing come out of the NIH, I don't trust it. Anyway, when you look at the Malnupravar, the uh, Mercumectin, how it works, exactly the same way as Ivermectin does. And how is that? Uh, that's interesting. It interferes with an enzyme called chymotrypsin-like protease. Let me give you a visual uh, idea of that. First thing that happens is the virus goes in, grabs up the RNA mechanism, and it makes a protease. Now think of a protease as a pair of scissors. The next thing that happens is it puts together a long string of amino acids. Let's call them a million amino acids. And then what it does with the pair of scissors is it clips them off to make baby viruses, exactly the right length to be a baby virus. Well, but what scary. the ivermectin does is it's super glue that goes on the scissors, so the scissors can't clip the long strings of amino acids. And so the long strings of amino acids have no place to go. They can't be made into baby viruses, and they just collapse inside the cell, and it stops the virus from reproducing. That's how it works. Is is that a good enough visual? I mean, it is. Yeah, that's good yeah, enough. A it's, video it's super would help, glue for the scissors. Yeah, that's a good start. That's a yeah, good start. and that's called chymotrypsinase-like protease, and that's what it messes with. Puts super glue on the pair of scissors. Now the uh, Paxlovid, which is the uh, Pfizer mectin, works in exactly the same way. So both of those are going to be available at your Walmart coming soon, probably within the next several weeks. Okay. Now, we've had a, a, a guest on this show, Dr. Jane Orient, who is a spark plug, a moving force in the uh, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons out of Tucson, uh, one of the most brilliant women I've ever met. And she uh, published an op-ed in Newsmax this past week. And I wanted to just flat out read it to some folks. And she says, science has undergone a radical metamorphosis. People with an MD or a PhD degree who have published hundreds of papers in scientific literature suddenly become, quote, anti-science. Oh, boy. As judged by the media, uh, personalities like LeBron James who's a genius, uh, still needs to get his high school degree, at last I heard, and politicians, bureaucrats, and the so-called facts-checkers, 
And it's turned out that fact checkers are simply opinion givers, right? It sounds like to me that that's what it's come to. Yeah. So what does this mean? Well, one clue is the uh, chief White House medical advisor, Anthony Fauci, said that anyone who attacked him or criticized him was, quote, attacking science. Yeah, certainly you've heard about that. that I have. Uh, and that's scary that to me, to too. to Dr. Ron Paul. And Ron Paul knows what he's talking about. So here's where is the problem. Anyone skeptical of accepting the COVID narrative, oh, my God, oh, my God, you're going to die, you're going to die. Women and children first, head for the hills. Anybody who doesn't listen to that stuff is called anti-science. I've been called anti-science. Or well, something similar. Excellent. Well, friends, count me in on that one. All right. I guess they'll just have to call me anti-science because, well, frankly, I only have, what, 60 peer-reviewed articles in the literature. Only 60. And they've only been quoted about uh, 4,500 times by others. But I am anti-science. <laughs> Do you love this stuff? Oh. The Articles of Faith uh, that is an ex existential threat. And the only solution is Joe Biden's solution, universal vaccination, surrender of our freedom to work, surrender of our freedom to assemble, surrender of our freedom to worship and travel, or even go outdoors. I mean, don't you love people outdoors walking their dog in the open air with a mask on i don't doc i don't love it doctor it makes me very uncomfortable it makes me wonder what well when i see that i know that we have reached herd insanity we have and, reached that for sure so i guess we're protected because we've reached herd insanity it, it's it's truly amazing watching <laughs> that happen and, it, you know, it, what is it Kafka said? It is only because of their stupidity that they are so sure of their opinions. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the true meaning of science is there is no consensus phenomenon. That's true. I mean, we still have the Flat Earth Society, for God's sake. That's, That's still That's being right, debated. Yeah. I heard them out there. Yeah. And, you know, what happens in true science is there's always an ongoing debate using available data. But when two sides finally do reach some sort of consensus, it's usually over centuries, if not decades. And when that happens, we call that piece of science a law. For example, the law of gravity. How often do you drop an apple out of your hand and watch it rise onto the tree. It never happens. Oh, yeah, it happens in Washington, D.C. And when it does, you know, politics is at foot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the only exception to the law of gravity. Oh. When water runs uphill and apples fall off the ground under trees, you know you're in Washington, D.C. Only in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Well, let's plug memory revitalizer. Eric, let's do it. take it away. We want to remind you where you can get the memory revitalizer. It's in your local stores, the Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, The Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Ruidoso. And lest we forget... There was also Addison, Addison, Addison Drug oh, in Addison. Fort Sumner. 
Addison Drug in Fort Yeah. Center. That's right. And also, you can find it on memoryrevitalizer.net, lifelink.com, and you can always order direct at 1-800-606-0192. Absolutely. Well, moving on with the COVID report, SAEs, those are called Severe Adverse Events. And there are many due to these vaccines, a Pfizer vaccine and the others, and now we know even the Johnson & Johnson. Now, a large number of these vaccine severe adverse events are reported on what's called VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, VAERS. And that's the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And that has been more or less suspended by the government. They used to be run, in fact, it still is by the CDC, but they pretty much shut it down last December the 10th. And at that point, they'd already reported 20,000 deaths due to the COVID vaccines. 20,000. Well, how come? Uh, it makes it as dangerous as the disease. Doctor, yours is the only show where I've heard anything about the death from vaccines. It's hard to find it. Uh, and even at that, the reporting on uh, Vakers is far from complete. In fact, some people have asked, some scientists, real scientists that write real papers, uh, have uh, suggested that the actual number could be 20 to 40 times higher than the 20,000 that they report. So even those numbers are a little. Are, they're fudged. A little fudged. Yeah. Anyway, this has been reported by Project Veritas. So you might go to the Veritas um, website and uh, plug in uh, Vakers, V-A-E-R-S, which is Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, and see if uh, Project Veritas has been successful in uh, getting more data on that. But very clearly, there is an attempt by the government to suppress the dangers of these vaccines. Right. Well, God bless the freedom fighters at Project Veritas. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is that they're also way under-reporting the effectiveness of the vaccines. I have heard numbers as little as 15 to 30 percent effective uh, by uh, Pfizer against the Omegod variant. By Pfizer themselves, huh? Yeah, the Pfizer uh, executive actually uh, let the cat out of the bag uh, this last week and pointed out that the vaccines were minimally effective and that they uh, were, in some cases, with the Omegod variant, uh, could be dangerous. Uh, I'll have to get that quote for you guys, but it was quite revealing. And uh, basically, the other thing that was surprising about his statement was with each succeeding vaccine, you increase the likelihood of having the dread carditis, which is what kills folks. Uh, so as you get your fourth booster, uh, you've increased the likelihood of coming down with clots and with vasculitity someplace in your body. Well. All right, doctor, how about a health let, hack? Yeah, let's go to breads for diabetics. You know, uh, bread basically uh, is rapidly converted into just pure glucose in the body. 
You know, one of the things I like to do to, uh, you know, demonstrate that our bodies burn food is to take a handful of spaghetti, you know, uh, just spaghetti out of the box and light it. Have you ever done that? I have never done that. Yeah, it 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 will light right up. Uh-huh. You know, if you're trying to start your water heater and you want to try to get a match all the way back, you can use a small wad of spaghetti to get the same thing done. You can light the tip of it and watch it burn. All right. And our bodies burn carbohydrates, literally. Uh, and they do the very same to bread. I mean, what is pasta but another form of bread? That's right. All right, so bread is a very difficult uh, issue for people who have diabetes out there. The best type of bread is one with high fiber because the fiber slows down the absorption. And the other clue is if you can get a bread that has sprouted grains in it, it also decreases the sudden rise in blood sugar that comes from consuming bread. And I don't know about you, with my Krispy Kreme addiction, which is another form of bread, right. uh, sugar-coated bread, <laughs> uh, it's a tough thing. But uh, for people with diabetes, the multigrain bread, eh, it's about 1% grain. It really doesn't help that much. Uh-huh. Uh, the gluten-free, well, gluten is a protein, so it doesn't change the carbohydrate content. Gluten-free doesn't help a diabetic. And wheat bread in general is a no-no. And what you want to do is see if you can find a bread with a, a, a fiber-carbon uh, ratio or a ratio of carbohydrate to fiber of about 10 to 1. And where you see that is, strangely, sourdough breads. I love sourdough breads. I do, too. Yeah, those are from sprouted grains. Ezekiel bread, which you find in the frozen section, is also from sprouted grains. Probably the best form of uh, commonly known bread for diabetics. But you can also get bread with flax or chia or even almond uh, breads. And those are good. Pumpernickel is good because it's got eight times more fiber than most breads on the shelf. And it's also made it from a sprouted, tar, almost sourdough type of uh, dough. So pumpernickel is a safe bread for diabetics. And then there's a brand called Sola Bread, S-O-L-A. If you can find that, that's pretty good for diabetics. And then Sarah Lee makes a uh, type called Delightful Multigrain Bread. It's delightful. And Sara Lee, it's good for diabetics. In addition to that, online you can go and find a thing called Kiss My Keto Bread. That's a little uh, brash and out there, don't you think? Kiss My Keto. Anyway, they have several varieties of the Kiss My Keto bread, all of which are quite acceptable. Anyway, I want to plug uh, Memory Revitalizer just a little bit and Life Imagine. Oh. Uh, yeah, it is, uh, you know, the one that actually does work, that has two uh, blinded studies proving that within one month, we actually measure that your memory can be improved. And uh, those uh, studies are available online at uh, www.memoryrevitalizer.com or memoryrevitalizer.net. 
Now, you can order Memory Revitalizer direct from 800-606-0192, or you can go online, get it at lifelink.com or vitasprings.com, but you can buy it at local pharmacies and uh, health food stores such as Sharon Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Duran Central Pharmacy, which is centrally located, strangely enough, in downtown uh, Albuquerque. Sam's Region Pharmacy out uh, Wyoming, almost to Paseo del Norte. Highland Pharmacy, uh, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho. Moses Country Store down there on 4th Street. The Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest and Care Drug in Aztec, as well as Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Riodoso, New Mexico. And uh, that uh, the list goes on. I'm hoping we will get a few more people. Maybe in Santa Fe there should be someone carrying memory revitalizer in their store. Anyway, human interest. We've what got, do you think? Yeah, how about uh, we've got uh, some human interest stories of the, what is the gift of the beggar? Ah, uh, gift of the badger, badger. Not, the, not, not the gift of the magi. The magi were arriving about this time. All right. But this is the gift from the badger. Now, badgers are funny little critters. Uh, Wisconsin is known for them. That's why their football team are called the badgers. But uh, they're short-legged little omnivores. They will eat meat, plants. They're kind of like goats. They'll eat almost anything. And they're in the same family as uh, otters, wolverines, minks, polecats, weasels, and ferrets. They have the face of a skunk if you look them up on the Internet, but I say the body of a porcupine. They have sort of a silvery fur that almost looks like the quills of a porcupine. They're funny little critters, and they're scattered really in various places uh, throughout the world. And it turns out there were some badgers uh, rummaging around looking for something to eat in a cave in northern Spain called La Crusta. And when they were doing so, they sort of dug out a little crack and they came up with a couple of pieces of old Roman coins. And that caught the interest of some archaeologists because these coins were from between 200 to 500 years before Christ. In other words, these are uh, 2,200 to 2,700-year-old coins just sitting there in a cave Amazing. that the, uh, the badger dug out. They got little claw-like feet. Where did you possibly find this information? <laughs> I just, I read stuff. And, you know, possibly I think I got it. Uh, I read some English newspapers, so it, it could have been in one of those. But they went and dug around a bit more, and they found 209 Roman coins scattered about from 200 years before Christ to 500 years before Christ. And uh, it was a gift from the badgers. There's some rich badgers there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, the uh, the coins are going to be cleaned up and held in a museum in Spain, which was actually a colony of Rome in those days. So uh, this is really quite a nice find. Well, this time of year, you know, it's nice to sort of cook up some stuff in a crock pot Started off early in the morning, and then by the time you come home from work at night, you have your meal for the next couple of days. 
easy peasy. But there's some mistakes people make when they do crockpot cooking. It's a little different than normal cooking. And the first thing is, is you have to resist the urge to peak, you know, because every time you lift that lid uh, on your slow cooker, you let some of the steam and heat escape. And, you know, that frankly alters the end process. So once you put it in there, Stick to your timer. Stick to your plan. Don't open the lid till it's done. Trust the trust the science, as they that, say. That is true. Trust that science. And then you want to pick your meat wisely because it turns out the cheapest cuts in these hard economic times are the best cuts to put into your crock pot, such as flank steak or chuck, uh, because... A low, slow heat breaks down the tough connective tissue and gives that melt-in-the-mouth melt texture at the end of the cooking process and at the end of the day, so to speak. Save the higher quality cuts for the grill. Now, another mistake is people like to put dairy in and herbs in early in the process. Why shouldn't we do that? You don't do that because the herbs lose almost all of their flavor and their aroma unless you put it in almost at the end, the final half hour. Same for the dairy. If you put it in early, it's going to curdle. I mean, it's a dairy product, and uh, if you heat it slowly over a long period of time, it'll turn into something approximating cottage cheese without the joy of true cottage cheese. And the same thing is true for alcohol. Don't put the wine in early. You put it in about a half hour before you finish cooking. Now, you want to, you know, think about chicken. You, if you toss the chicken in there with the skin, it doesn't become crispy and delicious. It becomes rubbery and gooey. So you want to use uh, skinless chicken. Now, if you do put in skin on the chicken, you pull it out again about a half hour before you're done, and you throw it on the grill for about four to five, ten minutes, and that'll crisp up the skin. Otherwise, you're going to have gooey, rubbery skin on your chicken at the end of the crock pot. Now, one of the things you want to own, and also distribute things, you have to layer stuff in a crock pot. At the bottom, you want to put your carrots or parsnip or potatoes because those are the hardest to cook, so you put them at the bottom layer. You put the things that uh, cook up faster, such as the meat, towards the top. So you have to think in terms of layers. But here's the other and most important clue with crockpots. Don't reheat your food in a crockpot. Once you've finished, you put it in the refrigerator, you take it out, microwave it if you're going to have seconds and thirds. If you try to heat it in the crockpot, uh, you're going to die of food poisoning. Because uh, in the period of time it takes to heat, reheat in a crock pot, what you've done is set up a situation that's perfect for growing some nasty bacteria that will give you food poisoning. Anyway, those are my, my eight clues for crock pots. All right. All righty, where should we go next? Well, we'll take this time to remind everybody where they can get their memory revitalizer. It's at the local stores, the Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, 
Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, The Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Ruidoso. And also, MemoryRevitalizer.net and LifeLink.com. You can also order direct at 800-606-0192. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. Yeah, um, uh, I want to talk about ginkgo biloba and the risk of cancer. Well, that's not what ginkgo biloba is best known for. You know, ginkgo, the ginkgo tree is an ancient tree. It was around with the dinosaurs. And uh, frankly, it was found principally in China. But uh, you can transplant it, and you see it around America, but... uh, the ginkgo was best known in Chinese herbal medicine to help people with memory. And there have been well over a thousand studies uh, showing that ginkgo does improve memory. Uh, those are independent studies not done by the NIH. Now, there was a study done by the NIH back in the early 2000s where they uh, got 3,000 people involved in a placebo study for memory, which, of course, failed because the NIH, it's not their business to show that herbals do anything. In fact, it's their business to show only pharmaceuticals do things. That figures. So uh, you have to go back and look at how that one was designed. Well, they needed some funding, so the NIH uh, said, hey, let's go back and reanalyze that data. And what we'll do is look and do some follow-up with these 3,000 people and See if any of them developed uh, cancer. I mean, we got placebo here. We want to see if uh, placebo developed cancer more frequently than the folks who were on the ginkgo because ginkgo also is said to have some properties that would suppress cancer formation. So, of course, they analyzed it, and to nobody's surprise, they found ginkgo doesn't work for cancer prevention either. Huh. And uh, my view is, look to who did the study. The NIH will never find that an herbal does anything positive. I think there's an old saying in the Soviet Union, by their denial, the truth becomes known. Because they deny it works, the truth is, it probably does. All right, yeah. (laughs) I, I'm a little biased in that department. I'm afraid. That's all right. Don't. I'm. I'm not afraid because I. I think I am too, and I know even half, less than half of what you know. I'm sure. Well, I mean, I just love the stuff from Merck that ivermectin doesn't work. You know, and there are 65 peer-reviewed studies that show it does, but they just out. Oh no, there are none. Well, how hard did you look? We didn't. Didn't look. They most likely didn't look. Anyway, let's plug Albuquerque Neuroscience a final time here. All right. They have two sets of studies, which I think our audience should be interested in. First is a depression study looking for people between the ages of 18 and 75 with mild to severe depression present for six months to one year. And they have a new, very active antidepressant and 
It is a placebo-controlled study, very well-thought-out study, I might add. And uh, so, folks, with that, call Albuquerque Neuroscience at 848-3773 or 505-848-3773. And for us old fuddy-duddy folks with memory issues that go beyond uh, memory revitalizer, and you're worried that it could be Alzheimer's, and you've had poor memory for over six months, and you're 50 to 87 years of age, there are two studies that Albuquerque Neurosciences are doing that I approve of that uh, look very promising to my eye. And you must have a caregiver or a loved one willing to transport you for the assessments. And that would be Albuquerque Neurosciences, telephone number 505 848 3773. All right. Well, with that, let's remind everybody once again where they can get their memory revitalizer. It's at the local stores, the Sharon Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Ruidoso. Also found at memoryrevitalizer.net and lifelink.com. And you can always call direct at 800-606-0192. Absolutely, and we've had web problems that uh, cropped up again early in December, but I think we've got all of that fixed now. So that's a good site to go to. And also information on those sites, uh, studies, etc., ways to self-test and see if it's helping your memory. Eric, thank you so much. It's uh, been a wonderful program. You're welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here, Doctor. Thank you very much. All righty. Let's hope we gave out a little information that's useful to the folks out there. And we thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. 1600 AM, the Kiva. Also, you can find us on abq.fm and therockoftalk.chat. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at noon. We'll be a live call-in show with Dr. Summers. Always informative and lively. <laughs> Beautifully put, Eric. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned next for Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria.